It's very difficult for Manchester United to stop that. What do you want them to do? Come out and deny every single link. With 22 links to different players on one day last week alone. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Rugby on Off The Ball With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team We all belong to the team of us I'm curious uh, for both your thoughts on what we have here in Luther Burrell because this could potentially become an inquiry akin to what we saw in cricket in rugby Uh, Luther Burrell has played for England, he's 32 years of age he'd be a very well-known player and he's been interviewed exclusively here by Nick Simon in the Mail on Sunday about racism in the dressing room and the initial part of the interview is how uh, Nick Simon had a phone call with Luther Burrell about racism in rugby more generally a while back. And his answer was, it's rife. And then they went for an off the record dinner a few months later. And Luther Burrell talked about what he had experienced and has now decided to go public with it. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how I've been nervous doing this. They met in a coffee shop. I didn't sleep much last night. This is a scary subject to broach. I don't know how it will be received. And he talked about his dad, you know, wondering, are you going to do it, not do it? And he said, I'm going to do it. He stresses he's not going to name names. He says, this isn't a witch hunt. I don't want people to feel sorry for me. A lot of what's said isn't even malicious, but it's become normal and it needs to be addressed. And he talked about... In part, what helped him make his mind up about going public was the thought of his mixed-race children being on the receiving end of what he's received. So, for instance, uh, Burrell's been in the professional game since 06. He said, um, things get said in jest without any thought every week, every fortnight. Comments about bananas when you're making a smoothie in the morning. Comments about fried chicken when you're out for dinner. I've heard things you wouldn't expect to hear 20 years ago. We had a hot day at training and I told one of the lads to put on their Factor 50. Someone came back and said, you don't need it, Luth. Put your carrot oil on. Then another lad jumps in and says, no, 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 he'll need it for where his shackles were as a slave. Excuse my language, but where the F does that come from? Some people shake their heads, others laugh along with it. People greet you as, what's up my N? It's not meant in a bad way, but when is it going to change? It's a very, very raw subject. Over the past few years, it has happened a lot. That's the environment. It's normalised because I'm allowed... Sorry, it's normalised because I allowed it to become normalised. I'd laugh it off. I've been a coward by not speaking up. Over the years, I've become thicker skinned. And he said he's at an age now at 32 where he feels he can speak up. He says if you're 20 and there's a hierarchy, you're just told, you know, be quiet. And so it's hard for a younger player to speak up. He says, after a few beers, I have said to fellow teammates, mate, you've got to stop saying that. But it never changed anything. You just get, we love you really, mate, back. If I was 10 years younger, no way would I be sat here doing this you want to fit in he says I'm sure there are clubs that don't have a problem but rugby clubs don't have HR departments uh, like the real world Um, yeah one of the lines he says rugby is a high testosterone environment with a lot of big personalities like I can't believe those comments I mean I just I can't credit that adult people would use those comments do you know what I mean it's it's just beyond my comprehension and all you can now we don't know whether they're fellow club players, fellow schools players, fellow internationals. But either way, I just can't believe that anybody thinks like that. And it's just absolutely shocking. We were just talking about it and saying that, you know, maybe maybe you will have a situation like cricket in England where mm. it might spark an investigation or certainly. He says he won't name names. Mm. Um, there are some really interesting things. He, 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 like, it smacks of that, you know, entitled, you know, that um, entitled obnoxiousness that just comes from people who are, you know, I just see themselves as superior to everybody else. Um, and 
you know, he says it's de- rugby definitely has a class issue and he talks about it as Genj, you know, he's saying he says he makes that point. He says about Genj getting messages calling him a N-word mm. would Mario Atoje, you know, and that are, that always has been like Mario. It's always been pointed out Mario Atoje comes from that private school background, you know, but whatever or wherever people come from, it's just shocking. You know, he talks about growing up in a council estate in Huddersfield. Uh, his parents worked exceptionally hard and I wasn't given any freebies. Do football changing rooms have this type of stuff being around? No, because it's far more divorce. I actually disagree with that. I suspect football, I, I suspect there is some element of it and we see this racism in, in, in British football. So we, we know there is an element of it. But is there is there more a class element to this, you know, and is racism more pronounced um, for that reason, perhaps, you know, in English uh, rugby? But I, I, I find it shocking, really well, shocking. It, he does talk about class as well. He said, you see the rugby culture and you see the cricket culture. They're a very similar class. Guys from these feeder schools at the stuff that came out from cricket it's recently didn't yeah. surprise me, he says. Yeah, it's that privilege and title thing of, you know, we're going to always follow this course in life because we have, you know, we have private educations. You know, this will take a certain place in our lives. And so we're we, for some reason we can we can make comments, you know, and, and judge other people. I think what's re- I really think what's interesting is when the f- I don't know if you noticed this towards the end of this interview. And he says, I'll tell you what's funny. All the black people I spoke to about this, in other words, about talking out about this, said, uh, do it. The white people were all supportive, but they said things like, oh, do you do you not want to get your contract sorted first? Yeah. I think that's mm. very interesting. I think this blows up massively now. If there was a Westminster committee looking into what happened in cricket, I don't yeah. see how they can sit in yeah. their hands with this. Yeah, I think, you know, he, he refers to the, the rugby culture and you see the cricket culture. They're very similar class guys from those feeder schools. The stuff that came out of cricket rec- uh, recently didn't surprise me. I think, uh, it, you know, it's, it's it, a further example of what you get when you have the, the dangers of a small, sort of culturally narrow caste um, involved in something. I think what, he, what he's mean about the football environment is that is, it is a much more diverse... More diverse, uh, yeah, But probably yeah, at an institutional level, I'm sure, yes. you know, there's still, you still have so few black, uh, people in, black people in positions of uh, authority and, and management. Yeah. Um, but here, like, it smacks of that sort of, you know, Boris Johnson talking about, you know, um, watermelon smiles and, you know, p- picking innies, like that sort of, like, you know, post-imperial, um, low, like, lowbrow, um, you know, public school humour yeah. that is a way of underlining that sense of cultural superiority that, that does seem to come, thr- uh, come through. Like, it, it's interesting. It is an interesting piece because you, you do read it and you're shocked. And, it's, it, and then they go on to talk about, it. like, is there, is, does the class element uh, uh, explain it? Or is it the fact that maybe English rugby is still large, a majority sort of a, a, a quite privileged from, sport? From I, I mean, I don't know, yeah, but to yeah. back to your point, Joe, like once you start and think with the cricket story was once you start picking away at what's going on here it's very hard not to for this to end up to be a root and branch study of what is going on because if if this is going on and there's a, you know a guy who's been i mean he's finished now he seems to be finished now in english club rugby and maybe looking to play in J- japan and obviously feels ready to come out mm. and talk about it there's clearly loads of other players have just said oh i'm not dealing with it and that that line about get your contract sorted first and keep your head down make your living like that's the that's been the sort of the, the fuel for, you know, people putting up with crap for in all sorts of you know areas, be it, you know, uh, gender, race, or or whatever down through the years. Um, so if this is something that you know, once once sponsors start getting involved yeah. in what's going on here, this could end up you know gathering momentum, mm. huge momentum. And it's you know it's interesting. The only as you said, Kleena, you wonder what's the perspective of those who are 
doing it. The only glimpse we get of that is when he says, and this is very similar to the cricket conversation which happened, is when he mentions after a few beers, he has said to teammates, mate, you've got to stop saying that. Their response is, we love you really, mate. So there's this sense almost of actually, not only is it just banter, it's almost even a step further of brotherhood that I can say this to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we're such good mates. That seems to be the perception that he's on the receiving end of, I think. Yeah. And his his own openness and his own, uh, you know, integration is is really reflected because he says at the end of it, he says, I want to look back and and, and he wants to talk because he said, my my son or my daughter might end up in one to be professional rugby players, you know, and it's very interesting. Maggie Alfonsi has said in England that she intends running for um, mm. the, the the head of the RFU over there towards 2025, which is really interesting. A black woman. Yeah. How interesting would that be? Well, I, I, put into, <coughs> I put his name into Google News this morning when I first read this to see what the uptake was. And straight away, the Daily Telegraph on their website had Luther Burrell. I've had the N word used to me. Mm. Mm this thing will be huge and this will be dominating in 24 yeah. hours time so yeah I and it is, it is that thing that you talk about that dressing room culture where it's sort of a, the, the people you know dishing it out think well I'll tell you how you should feel about this sure it's just banter and you know you should you know you shouldn't be offended by this and you know that won't uh, that won't stand up for long mm. well that's an exclusive it's in the mail on Sunday by Nick Simon and it's Luther Burrell the English international still only 32 years of age very much a current rugby player and it seems he's gone forward and back for several months about whether or not to speak publicly mm. and he most certainly has so it's a two page spread there in the mail on Sunday Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone official sponsors of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us